Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Friday, September 6th. On today's show, J.D. and I talk to Monday Night Football color analyst Booger McFarlane. He talks to us about the keys to the Saints' victory, their thoughts going into this season, and much, much more. All right, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Booger McFarlane. We we're joined by Booger McFarlane. Booger, I, I have to ask you, first of all, does anybody on this earth now call you Anthony? Because, you know, most people, once they get a nickname that sticks like that, nobody calls them by their real name except their real family or something. Oh, even my family doesn't call me Anthony. Uh, my wife will call me Anthony every now and then. But for the most part, that's kind of how I tell uh, who's calling my name, whether I know them or not, because my friends all call me Booger or Bug. People that don't know me will scream out, hey, Anthony, and usually I don't respond. So, and, you know, that's kind of a, uh, a differentiating factor between friends and people who just know who you are and start calling your name. Well, hold on. This thing has become iconic. You're like a one-name person now, like Madonna, Prince, Booger. I mean, did you notice well, that? I, well, I wouldn't quite put myself in that category, not at all. I mean, those are, those are icons. I'm just a guy from Winsboro, Louisiana, that grew up with, you know, just like most people in the South, we all have nicknames in mind. It's just kind of unique. Can you tell when your wife's mad at you? Is it kind of like the middle name thing when, when she calls you Anthony, you know, you know you're in trouble? No, not really. Uh, I, I mean, she only calls me Anthony like every once in a while. Um, usually it, it's my nickname or Mac or something like that. So she doesn't, you know, she doesn't usually say Anthony. And even if she's mad, she'll, She'll come up with something else. Most of the things I probably couldn't tell on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Winsboro, Louisiana. From Winsboro, Louisiana to Monday Night Football color analyst, that is quite a journey. Um, I know, you know, as, as a football player, I guess, I, I don't know if you would have charted it that way or if you even thought about it, but is this something, one of those things where in your wildest dreams you couldn't have conjured this? You know, I, I, I definitely um, – definitely never thought of it put it like that uh, I, I think in life you know we all set out on a journey and we don't know which way that journey is going to go I, I think you make adjustments you make detours you make changes along the way based on circumstances and that's kind of what I've done you know I got into broadcasting during local radio in Tampa and I enjoyed that that was fun that led to an opportunity in television with the SEC network which led to more things with uh, ESPN and ABC, which led to where I am today. So I never set out with the goal of being where I am, but I, I don't think most people do. I, I think most people set out on a journey and, and they try to get better at whatever their craft is and see what, what interests them, uh, what excites them, what makes them um, happy to get up in the morning and go do. Because I, I know it's a, a cliche, but you know, when you find something that you really, really enjoy, it's really not work. Uh, yeah, you have to work at it, but it's not work, if, if I think you can understand that. So um, I'm enjoying what I do. Uh, I never thought about doing it 20 years ago, but I'm, I, I sure am happy where I am now. Well, Booger, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but I got to tell you, being in here with Caroline, that's work. That that ain't fun at all. That's work, work. Well, that's not nice. <laughs> See, thank you for coming to my defense. I appreciate it. Hey, hey th this color analyst thing, it, it I don't know if it jumped up on you by surprise or if it was something that you were – you know, hoping for in the future, but how are you handling it, number one, and, and is it something that you really, really enjoy doing? Because it seems like uh, having seen you on TV before in, in previous roles, it seemed like it would be a natural fit for you. Well, I, 
I have fun with it. I, I think everyone who's ever watched me on television, they kind of understand what they're going to get. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty straight shooter. I try to kind of tell it how I see it. It may not be what you're accustomed to, but it's the way I see whatever topic we're discussing through my eyes. And, you know, being a color analyst, um, it, it's still new because I didn't grow up in broadcasting being a color analyst. I grew up as a studio guy. And so when you take your studio work and your studio procedures and you bring them to the broadcast booth, things are a little bit different. And so I've had to adjust and learn that. And that's all part of the process. And, you know, as we set out on this first season where I am the color analyst and myself and Joe Tessitore and Lisa Salters, um, you know, we're just looking forward to the journey. You know, game one uh, down in New Orleans is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting for me because I get to come back home and do a game. Uh, and so there are going to be so many, so many little things like that, that, that I'll remember, but I just think it's, it's step one in the journey. It's kind of like we talked about a little earlier, you know, we all have a journey and, and, and this part of my journey starts in New Orleans and I'm looking forward to see where it goes and how it's going to get there. You know, coming, you mentioned coming back home. Is this, is this like as a player for you? Are you having to scurry up tickets and scare up tickets and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I get a few tickets, but it's nothing like when you're a player. You know, when you're a player, people want to come see you play. You put on the tight uniform and, and you run around out there and you're sweating and all that. That's one thing. When you're an announcer, uh, people want to come and, yeah, they want to enjoy the game, but they really can't see you work. Yeah. And so for the most, um, you know, for the most people who are, are going to enjoy it, uh, they'll do it at home and, and they'll, you know, send a text message or, uh, call me the next day or, or say, hey, I, I enjoyed it or I hated it or whatever. But uh, it's, a, it's a little different when you're an announcer as opposed to when you're playing. So as you said, you've done work as a studio host. You've, you know, you were in the Burger Mobile last year, but now you're kind of transitioning into that color analyst role, and you said it's still new. Um, is there something that you had to learn that has been more challenging than what you thought it, it would be originally? Well, I... I knew the entire process was going to be a challenge, which is why I, I accepted it. You know, being in the studio w was really, really fun. You know, but I grew up amongst a group of guys where all we did was sit around and talk sports all the time. So we had studio talk every day. So that was comfortable. That was normal. That was something that was really, really, um, I wouldn't call it easy, but it was it was very, very comfortable. Um, I, I often say the only way you grow is you got to challenge yourself to become uncomfortable. So getting in the booth and becoming a color analyst was uncomfortable for me because I'd never done it. And so my job over the next um, 17, 18 games, whatever we have, is to take that uncomfortability and slowly make it make it uh, more comfortable. And, and, and I think, you know, you do that by just um, attacking it one day at a time. And it's going to be fun. Um, it, it's going to sound probably different than you used to hearing in the booth. But the one thing I can guarantee you is that uh, I'm going to be the best booger that you've ever seen, and I'm going to enjoy it the fullest. You have a great group of people around you. Do you feel like they kind of add to the comfortability that you have to be yourself, to kind of let your personality shine through, even in the booth? Oh, they don't add to it. They're the reason I can. <laughs> you know, when you look at, you know, Lisa Salters, who's the rock of our crew, who's been there longer than, than any of us, um, she is just the most selfless person and allows Joe and I to uh, just kind of ease into the game. And, and, you know, then when we kind of 
screw the thing up, she comes and saves us. And then when you look at Joe Tessitore, he's the ultimate professional. He's been doing broadcasting uh, for 20-plus years, whether it's boxing or college football or pro football. So I'm surrounded by people in front of the camera. And then really the backbone of our crew is all the people that you see behind the scenes. You know, Jay Rossman, Jimmy Platt, Jim Carr, and so on and so forth. So many people that make our job look easy. You know, oftentimes you just recognize the people that you see. When in actuality, the people that really make any broadcast go, whether it's Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, it doesn't matter, are the people that you can't see. And so uh, I am blessed to be a part of a great crew, and my job is just not to screw it up. All right, Booger, now give us your rundown on the Saints this season. I mean, we know what happened the previous two seasons, uh, what happened in the playoffs with the team. We know they came back, uh, on paper at least, looking to be really, really strong in that NFC. But, you know, everything looks strong until you actually get out there on the field and, and have to lay out, you know, a resume. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the Saints for this season? Well, I, I think offensively, you know, you have to look at what Drew Brees has done in his career. And everybody's going to talk about, you know, the arm strength, he's slowing down. I mean, Father Time is undefeated. And, you know, that's the case for not only myself, but for Drew also. However, I still think Drew is playing at an even higher level than he was when he was 25 or 26 years old because football is so much about decision-making, especially at that position. And his decision-making is impeccable. Uh, the weapons that he has around him are phenomenal. Michael Thomas is if he's not the best receiver in the league, he's in the conversation among that with, you know, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones and Odell. It just depends on what flavor you like. Alvin Kamara is a, a do-it-all back that can do it on first down, second down, and third down. I, I think the key for New Orleans is going to be to find that third piece. You know, are, are we looking at Traquan Smith? What about Jared Cook? Can Ted Ginn Jr. stay healthy? Uh, you know, can you find a complimentary running back that way Alvin Kamara doesn't have to carry the football 25 times a game. Offensively, the New Orleans Saints are going to be a juggernaut. They've always been that. They're going to continue to be that as long as Sean Payton and Drew Brees are together. I, I, I think defensively, um, up front, they get after you. Marcus Davenport has got to take that next step. You know, when you trade up in the first round to get a guy, that means you think that guy is special. Well, he's got to be special this year. You know, Sheldon Rankins will will come, and the cavalry, it will come at some point. But right now, it's not there. So it's going to be very, um, very essential for not only Cam Jordan to be who he's always been, which is a dominant player, but Marcus Davenport has to come on and help. Uh, at, at the linebacker position, uh, DeMario Davis, I think, is a star. Uh, I, I think he and Klein are, are two of the better coverage linebackers in football. You add Kiko Alonso, he'll be better toward the end of the season than he is now once he gets very comfortable. Uh, the secondary, early in the season last year, that secondary was a weakness. Uh, I think if you'll ask C.J. Williams, Marcus Williams, Lattimore, those guys didn't play well early on. Toward the end of the season, they were really, really good. Can they start the season the way they finished last season? And so I think when you put all that together, the bottom line, here's what it comes down to for the Saints. They're a top five talented roster type team. So they have a ton of talent. We know they're going to score a ton of points. The defense is going to create turnovers and they're going to be aggressive. Here's my question. When you've been so close the last two years, what's the mindset of this team going to be to make that journey again? 
I know if we just kind of morphed in, in a time machine and we dropped them in, you know, the NFC Championship game again, I know how they will play. But it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So how can their journey throughout 2019, how can they attack their journey? Are they going to be patient? You can't win the Super Bowl on game in game one. And, and, and I know they want to get back to that point. So uh, it's about their mindset. And obviously every team needs a little luck from an injury standpoint. But I like where New Orleans is. Uh, I, I like the talent that they have. And I, I think they're one of five, six, seven teams throughout the National Football League that have Super Bowl aspirations and they have the talent and the team to match. You know, Booger, having, having been around the NFL for so long, can you think of another situation that mimics this where, you know, you have that unique situation where the Saints have been eliminated in the playoffs in bizarre ways in back-to-back years and then had to try to pick themselves up a third year? Can you think of a similar situation in the NFL? No, I, I can't, man. Um, it, it's kind of tough. It's very, very unique. You know, I, I, I was a part of a team in Tampa where we had not a good defense. We had a great defense. And we played great for a number of years, but we had nothing to show for it. And we just kept coming in every season saying, man, we got to get back to that point. But we knew our problem was offensively. And so I've been a part of a team where one side of the ball was great. And we just kept having to get up off the mat time after time after time and trying to, you know, force ourselves back. And finally we broke through and got to that point. Now, obviously, New Orleans has been to a Super Bowl and won one, but they have the talent to do it again. And to pick themselves up off the mat two years in a row and get ready to go this year when, when they have arguably the best team in football, uh, that is a challenge that weighs on you. I know everybody is going to say we forgot, we moved on, that's in the past. But let me tell you, you learn from history. You learn from it. doesn't mean it's got to repeat itself, but you do learn from it. You know, we often move forward. It doesn't mean we forget. Even when they move forward, it doesn't mean they forget or have forgotten about everything that happened. And so I think that's going to be an integral part of it, just their mindset from game one to game 16. So you've been a player. I mean, if you were in the situation that the Saints have been in over the last two years, what's your mindset going into this regular season, going into the first uh, game of the season? What's your mindset? Do you forget about it? Do you go in with a chip on your shoulder? Do you use it as motivation? What's what's your thought process going into the season? I think you got to have little goals along the way. You know, kind of play tricks on your mind because we will often think about the destination and forget about the journey sometimes. And so what I would do, if I'm the Saints, the Saints have lost five straight season openers. So that's the first thing I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about playoffs, division. I'm thinking about, hey, we hadn't won a season opener in five years, okay? They're one and nine in the first two games of the last five seasons, okay? So let's figure out how to get off to a good start. So that will be my entire focus. If I was Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael and Drew Brees and that whole crew, how do we get off to a fast start? And then once you get past that, now let's attack the next part of the season. It's kind of what coaches do. You know, you've often heard coaches say we break the season down into four quarters. Let's attack the first quarter. Then let's attack in the second quarter. And let's kind of look up at some point and we'll see where we are. So hopefully uh, they can have little mini goals like that and, and that will, will allow them to kind of um, plod their way through the season. 
Booger, we have to talk about the Texans a little bit. Obviously, earlier this week, they went through a lot of trades, uh, namely Laramie Tunsil. On Twitter, you just said, wow, and that's all you said. Uh, obviously, we know the, the Texans' offensive line gave up the most sacks last year, 62, and the most quarterback hits. What was your thoughts when they got Laramie Tunsil, and do you think they're going to be, or he's going to be their saving grace, or do you think they still have a long way to go? Uh, Laramie Tunsil will be a piece. I don't think he's going to be a saving grace. But anytime your quarterback gets sacked 62 times, your offensive line play is poor. They get Laramie Tunsil. They draft Titus Howard. They draft Max Sharping, two players uh, that are young but are still going to have to play at some point. Their offensive line is going to be better. I think what happened to Andrew Luck really sent shockwaves to the National Football League. A young player looked to be at the peak of his career, but because his body was physically beaten, beat up, he said, you know what, I'm done. And so I think all teams now have to protect their young quarterback. And so I think Houston did that. They'll be a better team. Houston was a playoff team last year. They just did it in a different way than New Orleans. You know, Houston was a, a team that was at or near the top in, turn, in turnover margin. Um, their quarterback played pretty well when he didn't get hit. And so they are a good football team trying to get better. They're just like all the other teams out there. They feel like they have their young quarterback. He's on a rookie contract. And so I think the next two years, their success and how they do it is going to be paramount to if they can win and achieve what they're trying to do, which is ultimately get to a Super Bowl. Right. Booger, before we let you go, we'll ask you our final SeatGeek question. Uh, are you going to be in Austin for the LSU versus Texas game, or are you going to go ahead and head down here to New Orleans? No, i got to go to New Orleans. As much as I would love to be there and cheer on my Tigers, I'll be there in spirit. Uh, but I think they understand. I got a job to do just like they do. So I got to get down to New Orleans. And uh, when, when the game kicks off, I promise you, I'll be locked in front of a TV somewhere. What's your game day ritual on Saturdays? Do you, like, have a favorite wing spot? Do you have a special chair? Do you do anything special? Or you just watch it anywhere, anytime? No, nah, wherever I can watch it. I'll be in New Orleans. We got beat with the Saints Saturday afternoon. So by the time we get done, check into the hotel dinner Saturday night so somewhere in there I'll either have it on my iPad or we'll have it on the Monday night bus uh, you know when you're traveling you don't really get a chance to have a, a wing spot or a special chair now when I was doing stuff uh, when I wasn't in broadcasting yes I would I would fire the grill up the green egg would be smoking I'd have some wings and some ribs and you know we would watch it outside by the pool but times have changed a little bit all right all right Booger well that will pretty much complete us for the day. Um, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, and we're looking forward to having you here on Monday night and uh, and in the pride of Winsboro, Louisiana. Uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, uh, real real bursting with pride. Speaking of which, you know, have they had a Booger McFarland day or something in Winsboro? Yeah, they did that years ago, man. Uh, I'm a nobody now. Like I said, I'm just I'm just a TV guy. Now. Back when I was a football player, they did all that. <laughs> Oh man, they say they're gonna have to double up. Now you've you've switched careers. You've had one great career in football uh, as a player, and now you're having a, a secondary career uh, as a broadcaster. So they're probably gonna have to fire that thing back up, man. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I'm just gonna try to try to be the best worker I can be, and hopefully things work out. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys down in New Orleans uh, this weekend. All right, we're looking forward to seeing you. All right, thanks, man.
You can hear more from Booger on Monday Night Football at 6.10 p.m. as the Saints will get set to take on the Houston Texans. We will talk to you before then. We'll have a show on Monday with Lainey Fritz, who is a reporter there in Houston. So we'll talk to her on Monday's show. But again, the Saints will kick off on Monday at 6.10 p.m. So we hope to see you there. You can tune in on ESPN or locally WDSU Channel 6. And of course, as always, you can listen to WWL. 870 AM with Deuce McAllister and Zach Streif. If you're trying to fit, find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. Again, that's the code GOSAINTS at checkout. No spaces. SeatGeek, let's go. If you're heading out to the Saints 5K tomorrow, we'll be sure to see you there bright and early right there at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome and Champion Square. For Caroline Gonzalez, John DeShazer, thanks again to Booger McFarland for joining us for today's show. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seat Geek. Thanks for listening.